What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Back Marker Podcast. My name is Justin, and every Sunday around this time, we will be talking about news, races, and the stupid shit that goes on in Formula One, MotoGP, and the Rolex Sports Car Series in IMSA. This podcast, if you can't tell, is unscripted and will be interrupted periodically by Pip and Jack. So let's get started. First off is the Andretti Cadillac Formula One drama. So it's interesting that Andretti has basically called Formula One's bluff on on him joining F1, and now they're put. They're still they're still getting pushback. Andretti is on trying to get in Formula One, even though he brought in the biggest car manufacturer in North America, NGM, with their Cadillac brand. That is a separate issue that I'm going to get get into later on in this topic. But first, let's just talk about why I think F1 is not letting Andretti Cadillac into their little clubhouse. And that has to deal with two things. One is the money. Total Wolf in the past month has come out and said that he was against or doesn't want a new team in F1 because it, quote, takes 10% away from us. Now, 10%, okay, that may be a low number, especially considering where Andre is going to have to start out with. And with Cadillac, they have zero experience in in hybrid racing technology. They're going to start it, in the Rolex Sports Car Series with their with their Cadillac Daytona Prototype International or Le Mans, Le Mans Daytona Hybrid uh, this year. But in terms of just overall racing with hybrid powertrains, the GM has zero experience in this field. So Cadillac is going to have to pour hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars into developing this hybrid engine that will that cannot be used or so far cannot be used in any other racing series. Not only that, but GM really hasn't dealt with this kind of competition. Yes, they're involved GM is involved in NASCAR, but that's that's NASCAR. And they're involved in Rolex Sports Car series, but they have to use production motors and they have balance of performance, which handicaps supposedly, the field to make it more even. Whereas Formula One, obviously, it is do whatever you want as long as within the guidelines, maybe a little bit outside. But for the most part, engineers have free reign as to what they can do. So I just I just don't understand why F1 is, the F1 teams do not want Andretti Cadillac in. Because they're going to bring in a ton of money, marketing money, from America. We are probably the biggest hotbed for racing in the world. If we're not the top, we're one of the top. And we're we're having, what, three, three races here in America? And F1, Stofano Domenicali, wants more races in America. So why not have a race team from America to bring in more money. Yes, 
Toto, you are going to lose 10%. But think about how much money you're going you can gain if you have a name like Andre, the most historic legendary name in American motorsports. Come into Formula One, race at Coda, race at Miami, race at Vegas, and race wherever the hell they want to put up wherever else they want to go in North America. You are going to bring in so much more money that that 10% that you were bitching about is going, it isn't going to matter. So the money thing is, both of these reasons are stupid, but the money thing is to me is even more stupid than this, than the next reason, which is they look, Formula One has this old fashioned back ass words, ideology of America is inferior to them in terms of drivers, teams, engineers, etc. Which it is true, but it's only true. The reason why it is true is because we don't have anybody. The last American Formula One driver that we had was Alexander Rossi and he was, and they put him in Marussia. Okay. Marussia was a shit show. And now he's racing in an in, in IndyCar. He's back in America. But I I personally feel that Rossi deserved another seat in Formula One just so he can op- keep open that door for Formula One drivers. After he left, the way the teams looked at him was, oh, he's not good enough. This is stereotypical American driver. That door is closed. So now you're trying to get Col- we're trying to get Colton Herta into Formula One. He's the McLaren test driver, but if Andretti can like do enter Formula One, well, Zach Brown may fight fight them. He probably will, knowing knowing his past his recent history. But Colton Herta is an Andretti driver in IndyCar. Andretti will want Colton Herta because he is the new hotness in IndyCar. He is the youngest, most talented driver in IndyCar. He is extremely raw. But his ceiling is super fucking high compared to everyone else in any car right now. So Andre's going to walk Colton Herta with to join in. And he's probably going to bring in a veteran Formula One driver to go alongside him. Um, so, yeah, it's th- this ideology that we are inferior to them has merit, albeit extremely fragile and <laughs> extremely fragile and almost baseless ideology. Um, so yeah, it's, I really want, and I really want F1 to allow Andre DeCalic to become a thing and they should let it become a thing. I just hope that Cadillac GM specifically understands the mountain that they have excuse the pun, but the mountain that they have driven driven up to and have to climb because, yes, GM, the GM executive has said, oh, we have the facilities, we can do this, we, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you can do it, but, or I shouldn't say you can't do it. You have the, you have the, you have this, the, the facilities to do it, but can you do it? And I, as I said before, you're talking about there's just there's so much that I don't think GM fully understands 
they don't they don't understand how what it what it takes to get into Formula One, not just get into Formula One, but compete in it. Now, this 2026 engine regulations, it could make me look like a dumbass that doesn't know what he's talking about more so than I already am. But I just I I don't think that that GM is coming into this. I don't think GM signed on to this agreement knowing full well what the expectations and the work and the effort is going to take to become competitive. I I I I don't I hate to say this and I don't want this to happen, but I'm looking at I'm looking at Jim coming into Formula One like uh, Lotus did or Caterham or any of those other teams that aren't around anymore uh, because they just they hopped into it with these rose tinted glasses, didn't understand the money that it takes to not just get into Formula One but compete in it and they 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 went bankrupt. Now GM isn't gonna go bankrupt. If anything, they'll just withdraw after the five year after the Concord Agreement is up. Or maybe they get bought out by Honda after they re- or some or another manufacturer, Ford maybe, or Hyundai. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a real big fucking mess right now. And I just, I'm looking at all this and I'm not seeing the only, the only parties that I see that knows, that knows the direction they want to go and understands what it's going to take is Michael Andretti and Andretti Autosport. Those are the only parties I think understand that have a direction, clear-cut direction, they have a path, they have a plan, they have all this stuff worked out, and they know how to get it done. Formula One, GM slash Cadillac, I just, I think that they're, both of, both of those parties are kind of shooting in the dark, throwing spaghetti in the wall, whatever metaphor you want to use, and are just seeing if they're going to hit a bullseye or seeing what sticks. So, Moving on to, speaking of Hyundai, the news that Cyril Abitable joined Hyundai as their, as their boss for World Rallycross Championship. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is, obviously, Hyundai has been rumored to be the next big manufacturer to get in Formula One. Now, <laughs> Hyundai... For probably about the better part of, let's just say, almost a decade now, they've been steadily becoming more and more involved in motorsports and performance cars. Um, again, this kind of ties into GM and just kind of throwing their hat into into the Formula One ring, um, which to kind of put a bow on Cadillac and Hyundai, hopefully I might... with. <laughs> with my ADD, I might go back to it later. But to put a bow on the Hyundai and Hyundai and Cadillac thing, they they're entering they're entering in the most popular motorsports in the world, hoping that somehow the technology in the twenty twenty six engine will be able to find its way into the production cars. Even though for the past what 30, 40 years. There's been hardly any technology that has been transferable to Formula One into production cars. But the main thing is, is that you don't have to, excuse me, you don't have to invest hundreds of millions of dollars 
into a racing series that has little to no uh, product production car transfer from from the racing to to the street in order to be successful. You look at BMW; they're the they're the biggest, they're the top selling luxury car in America, and one of the most top selling luxury cars in the world. And they're not even in Formula One; they haven't been in Formula One for at le- you know for for decades. So in America, we have the saying race. Race on Sunday, sell on Monday. That isn't true anymore. It is all about advertising, marketing, finding the biggest TikTok social media star or movie star or athlete, get their ass in the seat, put their face on the on on the ads, and sell them that way. So I'm not sure what Hyundai is expecting with serial serial people. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with a team that isn't government funded. Um, but I think, I think Cyril and Hyundai's tenure can, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be this great, this great partnership that's going to launch them into uh, WRC championship title contention and possibly even formula one or it's going to end in absolute shambles uh cyril is not a he's 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 a different version of gunther steiner uh gunther steiner is open honest but he doesn't take shots at everyone cyril beatable doesn't give a fuck which is part of the reason why i like him because he will say what's on his mind regardless of who it's about. Um, and I think in the race in the race culture nowadays, that is frowned upon in, in everywhere, whether it be the team, the, the, whether it be the, the, the drivers, the team personnel, or um, the manufacturer, they don't want honesty. They want, Politically correctness, they want. All the, yeah, yeah, they just want all this politi- politically correct bullshit, and they don't want anyone to speak their mind. Um, but that's a topic for another day. So, yeah, do I think that? Do I think that Cyril and Hyundai are going to enter Formula One? I think it depends on how they do in WRC. Um, I think Hyundai is entertaining the idea of entering Formula One. But I just don't see how they jump from uh, basically small, uh, small racing, small national racing series to global um, ra- racing series within the span of several years and being competitive. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds, and I will be keeping tabs on it. Um, just for that reason. So, yeah. There's that. Next up is my MotoGP predictions for 2023. Uh, so, let's just hop right into it. So, I think that Enea Bastianini is going to win the title. Um, I think that Mark Marquez is done with HRC at the end of the year. 
I, I just I don't see I don't see how they can turn around that shitty of a bike in less than a year. And with Mark Marquez, his his window for winning is closing almost by the race. Um, he's got the diplopia. He's got that that biotic arm that he has now. He has all these injuries that are going to start coming back, coming back to bite him in the ass. That diplopia is the biggest issue, um, obviously because it gets worse every time it happens. The first time it happened, he it, it, he was out for a couple of races. Now, this this latest one, he was out for several, and nobody knew when when it was going to change. Um, the, your brain, basically anything above your neck, it, it's you don't want to fuck with it because once it once it gets damaged, it tends not to return to normal. Um, and I speak personally because I've had a severe concussion and my brain isn't, has been the same since it's more fucked up than it was before. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't see Pooj. I don't see HRC being able to turn that bike around, um, in such a short order and keeping in order to keep Mark as Mark, I should say with HRC, especially since his brother is over at Ducati and we all know Ducati is the most rider-friendly bike out there. Now, what happens if, and this I think, and I truly believe Mark Marquez is going to go to Ducati, if, if and or when he does, who's he going to go to? Um, VR46 is not going to be with Ducati after this season. They're going to go back to Yamaha, which... I, I just I don't get that at all. Um, the, <laughs> I think Rossi is pulling a Lewis Hamilton a la uh, McLaren to Mercedes. He has to know something. There's only two. <laughs> there's only two reasons why um, Rossi would be leaving Ducati for actually three. Really, three reasons why Rossi would leave Ducati for Yamaha. One is Ducati has come out and said that they don't want to have all these Ducati bikes. They don't, they want to get rid of a customer team. Um, so obviously that leaves VR46 on the short end of that stick because they're the newest kid on the Ducati block. Um, the second reason would be money. Um, maybe VR46 doesn't have with, doesn't have this, the money to, to pay Ducati and, and be competitive. Um, and the third reason is, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe Lynn Jarvis or someone at Yamaha is actually being upfront with Valent with Vale and is telling him is something that they're not telling Fabio or anybody else and saying, Hey, our 2024 bike, it's going to be pretty fucking good. Now, is that going to be, now they're saying that just like they told Everyone that their 2023 engine was going to be good. Who knows? But yeah, if 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 Mark if Marquez goes to Ducati, I would think that whoever whoever finishes below their teammate in the factory team, whether that be Bastianini or uh, Pecco, whoever's low man on that is the one that gets pushed down to um, 
Grissini. And, you know, it's just domino effect after that. <laughs> Ducati has the, the, <laughs> Ducati has the best problem that any team wants. They have, they have all these talented riders and not enough seats. Um, so, but the issue with that is, oh, and I f- forgot about Pramac. <laughs> um, so yeah, the problem with that is, and as we've seen with Jorge Martin, is that some of them, they don't like to be told that they're not good enough to be on the factory seat when they think they do. Now with Jorge, he's, he's shown us that he's still pretty raw. He still has some maturing to do, and he's, he, frankly, he doesn't deserve the Ducati seat. But the problem is, is that if you bring Marquez in, whose feelings are going to get hurt in that Ducati garage? Obviously, Jorge is going to, Jorge is going to be pissed as hell because that if that means that he's definitely not going to get a seat, he's going to be at the very least sticking with Pramac. Um, you have Peko, you have Enea. Um, one of those is going to get moved down, and I think uh, Zarco, he's done. If if Marquez does join, Zarco is just getting too long in the tooth for him to stay with Ducati. Um, but yeah, it's the silly season. The silly season this year is probably going to be. It's going to be it's going to be wild, um, because you got you have Yamaha, you have Aprilia, um, you have KTM, and speaking of Aprilia, uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see how Aprilia does with a customer team, and how Maverick does on a team and a bike that isn't complete shit. Uh, I just, do I think he's going to make it towards the end of the season? I don't think so. I think the first chance that he, or not chance, but the when he starts running into issues with the bike or the team, he is going to want to redline that engine Real quick, because obviously that got him out of a out of a toxic team and toxic situation. So, if if it worked once, why not work again? Um, but yeah, I just this season's gonna be awesome, both on the track and off the track, and I can't fucking wait for it. Um, I know I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about all I'm thinking about. All the possible storylines, drama. Uh, God, it's going to be fucking fun. It's going to be so fucking fun. <laughs> uh, and I just can't wait. All right. Um, so to cap off this podcast, we are going to look at the GTP category. The return of the GTP category in the... Rolex Sports Car Series. Um, now, for the folks who aren't too familiar with IMSA, um, that is the largest race organization in North America, probably outside of NASCAR. But we're not going to talk about NASCAR because that's just a bunch of people running around in circles with tube-framed stock cars with V8s in them. Toyota's and V8s. Don't fucking understand it. But anyways... Um, so yeah, the GTB class, speaking of BMW, they're returning 
to the top tier series um, with their M Hybrid V8. All these GTPs, um, the GTP category is an IMSA is Daytona prototype uh, international because Bill France, the France family who owns NASCAR, owns the uh, WeatherTech Sports Cars Championship. I know I've probably said Rolex a bunch of times. I'm sorry. Sponsorships, my bad. Um, yeah. Everything, everything that the France family has has to have Daytona in it. That's like a contractual obligation for any of the series they own. Um, so it's a, in North America, it is a Daytona prototype international DPI. Everywhere else is called the Le Mans, the LMDH, Le Mans uh, Daytona, Le Mans slash Daytona hybrid. Um, so you have in IMSA, you have Acura, BMW, Cadillac, and the return of Porsche or Porsche, depending on what part of Germany you're from. Um, so yeah, Cadillac, or I'm sorry, BMW and Porsche are, well, BMW is kind of new to this category. Porsche is returning with Team Penske uh, for the first time in, God, I want to say at least 10 years. Um, but all four of these teams have hybrid powertrains. Acura runs uh, the same V6 turbo, I'm sorry, the same turbocharged V6 motor that they run in any car with a hybrid, um, with a hybrid powertrain coupled with it. BMW has their big V8s with a hybrid. Cadillac, again, V8 with a hybrid. Um, And then Porsche, I think they're running, um, I'm not sure. Well, let's see. Let's. I'm doing a little ad-lib on this. So yeah, the Acura is going to be a 2.4 liter twin turbocharged V6. The BMW is a 4 liter V8. And the Porsche... Hmm. Well, you know what, let's... Here's the beauty about being unscripted, folks, is that I have to do Google search on the fly. Ah, okay, so it is a twin turbocharged V8. So... Basically, let's go back to what I was looking at before. Uh, basically, Acura is the only one that's not running a big-ass V8 in their, in their car. Um, this, has, this has hindered them in the past. This is the first time that they're, they've been running in this top-tier series. Um, it was a Daytona prototype category for several years um, with, the, with a similar engine. I think it was a 3-liter in the past, uh, could be wrong. It might, it might've been the same 2.4 liter, but, um, yeah, (laughs) they've been, they've, that's, you would think that a smaller turbocharged engine would be beneficial to a team because that means that they could, it's, it's, the center of gravity is different. They can do more stuff, you know, more fuel efficient, all this stuff. But the one thing that IMSA does that when used correctly is awesome is called the balance of performance. And the name speaks for itself. It balances the performance of the cars. Now, the issue with the BLP in past years is that it hasn't balanced shit. Um, To give you a perfect example, there is a race that is held in Detroit where GM is headquartered. And for the past and the the the, team, the manufacturers that have been competing in Daytona Prototype have been Cadillac 
and Acura. Guess who has won the Detroit Grand Prix for the past seven years in a row? Cadillac. So the balance of performance isn't is used as a political tool, like every like everything that a federal organization um, has every tool that a federal federal organization has in, in their pocket. They use it as a political tool. So it's going to be interesting to see how this BOP is used. We have the roar before the 24 uh, coming up this week, which is the first official test at the Daytona International Speedway, where and the data that IMSA gets from the teams will be used to implement the balancer performance. Now, the I know some of you are thinking, well, that's easy to circumvent because all you have to do is sandbag. No. Well, you can do sandbag, but with the sensors and everything that MSAT looks at and has available to them, all this data, and they have come down with this. If they catch you sandbagging, so basically let's say that you go down the road before you're on the you're doing the world before the 24-hour test and you know, let's just pick Acura, who has the max RPM of 95, 9,512, to be exact. So say before the test, they're only, they only go up to 8,000 RPM. Now, when the race, obviously they're going to do 9,500 RPM because, hey, that's 1,500 extra revolutions per minute that we have. That's more power. That's We can have an edge. If IMSA catches you doing some sort of stupid shenanigans like that, they penalize the hell out of you during the race. Um, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head what it is, but basically, I, th- I think they park you. you have to, it's a stop and hold penalty for like five minutes or something. It's, 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 it's the death penalty. They, they basically take you out of the race. Um, not 100%, but like 80%. So, yeah, this, this, the, the teams can't, if they can, they can try to stand back, but all the teams that have tried in the past have been caught and they weren't just, they didn't get a slap on the wrist like is, like during the FIA. They got a swift kick in the ass. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the BOP, what the test shows and how they apply the BOP. Um, the big thing for me is BMW. They were the only team in the uh, in the test in Sebring that did not do a long stint, and I think the, the long stint was eight hours. I want to say um, they were the only team that could not run for eight hours because they kept running into issues. Um, go figure, BMW and having and having. Uh, durability quality issues. Shocker. So it's going to be interesting to see what Ray Hall Letterman, Letterman Lanigan, uh, say that 10 times fast, um, has been able to work out and fix between the Sebring test and this roar before the 24 test. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I, I, yeah, this, this season, it just in general, is going to be one of the most exciting seasons I think I've. I think I've I've ever seen. Now I haven't been watching motorsports for that long, so I'm not you know. Don't put that against me, but you know with 
with the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, got it right this time, uh, having this GTP category and having four manufacturers um, competing in the top tier, not just two. You have MotoGP and all the beautiful, spicy, super juicy storylines that can happen during the season. And I'm not even just talking on the track. I'm not talking about the races. And then you have F1 with this, what are we up to, like 50 races now? I don't know. But you have all, all these races and you have the Andretti Cadillac um, the Andretti Cadillac entry drama to go along with it. This is going to be an exciting time. Um, and I'm super stoked to start this podcast this year with all these wonderful possible storylines that I can just absolutely trash, support, or just set on fire. Um, God, it's only been a half hour. It feels like I've been talking for longer than that. So <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to end the show on, on this note. Um, this is for those that aren't on, for those that are listening to this and aren't following me on Instagram at Hatersville mayor. Um, this is, this is the start of my dream, my goal, uh, I want to I want to become a media company. I want to basically be like for us in America, um, ESPN for those over in Europe, Sky Sports. I want to be that big, but without the fanboy biased any of that bullshit. I don't care who you are or what you've done. you say stump something stupid or do something stupid. I'm going to take shots at you. Um, I don't have a, a favorite driver in Formula One, frankly, because all of them have fucking issues. Lewis Hamilton, he's a bit of... He can be a little bit of a bitch. Same with Max Verstappen. Um, I, I just... I, the, I'm a fan of quality racing, good racing, good hard racing, and just... Being an adult about it, being a competitive adult, don't do not any of this kind of whining, oh, going over the radio, oh, he cut me at me. No, I don't like that shit. I don't like the FIA putting a five-second time penalty on someone who tried to go for a gap that that the driver closed the door on or um, missed the apex intentionally just to run him off. Uh, that's one thing that I love about watching IMSA races. Uh, the race director... He basically he's come he comes out and tells the drivers how you race others is how you get raced. So if you start like if you start running people off the road and they run you off the road, don't come asking me for for help because guess what you made that bed and you got and you got sleep in it now, kiddo. That's why I love that's why I love IMSA racing is because it's the it's the most aggressive and un unmolested racing series that I watch. Uh, you have the drivers out there who like to rub, run people off the road. Um, fuck, what's his name? Um, Earl Bamber. That's his name. Earl Bamber. If you haven't watched this guy race, YouTube his highlights. This guy is super aggressive. He will bang on your, he will, 
He's he's what he if he wasn't NASCAR, he acts like he's a NASCAR because he will elbows out and he doesn't give a shit. He treats it's checkers or records with him. But another any other drivers like uh, Elio Castroneves, who races clean, he does make mistakes, but for the most part, he gives people room space to to race against. Earl Bearman, on the other hand, he, he doesn't he doesn't do that. He runs people if if he's going he's going to dive bomb you into a turn, and if he hits you, he hits you. As long as he comes on the other side, it's a win for him. The race director in IMSA treats Earl Bamber and Elio, people who, he treats those two differently based on how they drive. So if Elio gets run off the road and he hasn't done that and he hasn't done that to anybody, then guess what? That person who just ran him off the road is at the very least is going to be looked at. Um, Whereas Earl Bamber, he runs someone off the road and then the next lap or the, in the next lap or the next race, he gets run off the road. That's how you want to race, son. So deal with it. Um, but circling back to my 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 goal is that's what I want to do. This this is the jumping off point. This this is going to be the start of something. It's either going to be the start of something big, or it's going to be the start of something that's going to be an epic failure. Um, yeah. So that, that about does it for this podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning the, tuning into this. Hopefully, um, it won't be a an, a sub forty podcast more times than not, or maybe it should be. I don't know. Um, depends on if you're still listening or not. Um, so yeah, every Sunday around this time, give or take, you know, adult adulting issues that may or may not come up. Um, is when this podcast is going to come on. And I look forward to doing this next Sunday. And hopefully you guys have some questions, comments, opinions. And that's the other thing. Um, send me messages on, on Instagram or even on here. Tell me what you think about anything in, in MotoGP, Formula One, or IMSA. It doesn't have to be... And reply to what I said. Just tell me what you think. But just be forewarned. You say something stupid. I'm going to call you on on it. Um, or if you try to just be an asshole. Guess what? I can play that game too. And I can play it better than you. So, But I love the interaction. Whether it be negative, positive, or neutral. Fucking bring it on. Um, that's, what I'm all, that's what I'm all about. So yeah. Thanks for listening in and see you next Sunday. Until then, I hope you guys have a great week and enjoy enjoy this off season. Rest up because it is going to get super wild within the next couple weeks. Oh, and before I forget, congrats to Valet on getting a podium for the for the unofficial official start to the race season in 24 hours of Dubai. Um, it's nice to have an M4, probably the best, the best, uh, GT car that BMW's put out in about 10 years. Doesn't help, doesn't hurt. But again, in order, um, as one famous driver once said, in order to finish first, first, you must finish. 
So congrats to Valet and Team WRT for their 1-3 finish. Maybe next time, Valet, try to get a second place. All right, talk to you all later.